Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. And you'll see in the book of Revelation, there's an unholy trinity. Always mimicking what God does. When a person denies, watch me, when a person denies that Jesus is God, what else do they deny? They deny the truths of the Bible. Because Jesus said, the Father and I are one. They deny the truth. So when you deny the truth, you're just open to all kinds of deception. This is one of those uncompromising truths. You can't compromise this. Although we don't know when Jesus will return, there is some need to be prepared. But rather than panicking about the end times, we are urged by Jesus to be spiritually prepared for His return. Jesus tells us to be watchful and careful, not to be deceived by false teachings. We need to ensure our relationship with God is right through Jesus Christ, and we need to be living as people of the light. When we reflect on the urgency of the final days, are we mindful of the people we know who don't yet know Jesus and the hope of salvation found in Him? Pastor Mark will challenge us with this today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9, with our continuing study entitled, Antichrists and Our Eroding Culture. I want to show you two verses because it could be, and I'm pretty sure that it is, in any of our campuses this morning, there's some of you that fit this. Remember, these false teachers never were really believers, and yet they sat in the services. Here's the verses. Take a look. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, it's just not just the confession. Demons confess that Jesus but they weren't chained. Second, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want to tell you this this morning. There has to be a day in your life, and you need to hear me clearly. You're born a sinner. Everyone's born. You ask God to forgive you of your sins. You receive him by faith into your life, by trust, by belief, and then that creates you an ability to be called a child of God. You and I, once we become a Christian, we're a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I have a heavenly father cut. I hear an amen with that. Now, is that good or is that good? That's great. But see, John said to these people, oh, you're not one of us. They did not have a relationship with God. Why? Because you'll see the key is they didn't believe in Jesus. You say, well, I believe in Jesus. It's not just to believe in Jesus. There has to be confession and there has to be change. Let me just tell you this little thing. If I have a root, I have a, a brand new peach tree, and I put the root down into the ground, what should I expect from the peach tree at some point? Fruit. There's going to be some evidence. What? It's alive. The root is the salvation. In your life, there needs to be some fruit that you've really changed. If there's no fruit, careful, there's no root. Did you get me? 
And now's the time to discover there's no root. Good people don't go to heaven. Only forgiven people go. Now, when you begin to think about that, notice one of the signs was simply this. This verse says they didn't stay with us. They didn't endure. So let me just say this to you this morning. As a Christian, one of the signs that I'm really a Christian is that I'm going to endure. I'm just going to hang in there. It's going to be difficult. We're never going to be perfect. Notice Hebrews says this. If we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believe, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. Now that verse does not mean that we're saved by enduring. I'm holding on to getting to heaven. Doesn't mean that at all. It means this. Those who endure to the end prove that they're really saved. Just hang in there. You have a heavenly father. He's for you. These people left. They couldn't stand it. They left. And of course, they took people with them. Now, I have to give you a little dichotomy just for a second. Three months ago, you have a friend and they come to Calvary Chapel and, uh, and they say to you one day, you know, I'm not really into that Balmer deal. I really care for him. I'd like a taller pastor, younger pastor, whatever. <laughs> I'm looking for a different place. So they leave and go to a Presbyterian or First Baptist or Church of Christ or whatever. And you say, now you're going to call them up and say, you're an antichrist. They're not an antichrist. They just changed churches. Lord, help us. How many of you came here from another church? Let me see your hand. You antichrist. No, they just changed churches. So relax. Don't get on the phone. That's not what John's talking about. God directs us to different churches. Now, back to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. He's talking to the believers now. You have an anointing. From the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. Here's protection number three. Every Christ follower has the Holy Spirit living in them. You remember at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. God, the Holy Spirit. And every single Christ follower. That means we have the all-knowing, living God in us. That means we have the author of the Bible in us. That's my protection. I have truth living in me. Now, keep your finger, put your card, go to John 14, all of our campuses, verse 26. Those of you watching online, Vieira, Sebastian, John 14, 26. Notice what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit. These are just some of the things the Holy Spirit who lives in you will do. Watch this. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, watch what he'll do. He will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Understand this morning, when you go to a church, the person that's really teaching you is the Holy Spirit. Uh, Anybody that's in this pulpit or any of the teaching classes or anybody, we're just an agent. I pray every day, God, help me to make sure that I'm getting what you want to say to the people through. I'm just an agent. The Holy Spirit's teaching you. Now, I want you to skip two more chapters. Go to chapter 16, again on to verse 13. And I want you to see another name of the Holy Spirit. Remember, this whole teaching that John's given us is about truth and error. Watch what Jesus says. Verse 13, John 16, 13. But when he, look at the other name of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, say it with me, the Spirit of, the Spirit of truth. When he, the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? All truth. Why do you need to be afraid? You don't need to be afraid. Just be discerning. He will not speak of his own. He will speak only what he hears. In other words, he's not going to just talk about himself. He's going to talk about Jesus. And he will tell you what is yet to come. These false teachers, 
these Gnostics, they always believed they had this like superior knowledge. We are enlightened. We know more about salvation than you do. There's just a few of us. We really know more. And what John is actually saying to them, no, they're all deceived. Every true Christ follower has all the truth they need because they have the spirit of truth living in them. Do you understand this morning that you have God 24-7 in you to guide you into his truth? So every morning, ask him for wisdom and for direction. You have the spirit of truth living in you. So that means there comes a time when you're listening to something and you ought to be able to say this, that that doesn't sound exactly right. Now, there's lots of minor things that we don't really care about. I'll talk more about that next week. There's, there's some solid things that we never, ever, ever compromise. But there's lovely Christians that don't believe in the rapture. They, they believe, obviously, every Christian believes in the second coming. They're not into the rapture and the tribulation and all that stuff. We're not going to argue with them. We're just going to go up in the first elevator and they can go up whenever they want to go up. It, do, it doesn't matter to us. Okay? <laughs> Understand. So we love them. We love them. And we, we don't have it all right. By the way, you don't have it all right. I don't have it all right. But what I do need to know, I know. That's because God gave me. So I ought to be able to discern. Here's what I want you to do now. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I want you to say this to them because this should be true for you. I can discern between truth and error. I. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it to your neighbor. I can discern between truth and error. Mr. Pastor Mark, no, that's why we have you. Well, yes, to a point. But you ought to be able to discern between truth and error. Do you know that most of the cults came from people in churches that were taught the true word, but they got deceived. They left. Now, go back to John chapter 2, where your finger is. And here's a very positive thing. John is complimenting the people in the different churches he writes. Notice verse 21. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. I just want to stop and say this. Look at me this morning. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being a church that loves to go through. Thank you for being a church that doesn't mind if, uh, if the pastor teaches an hour. Because you're into the truth. You're, you're changing. You know the truth. That's what Johnny, he's writing to these people. He goes, right on. Thank you. And I want to say to you this morning, thank you. It's a pleasure. Can you imagine me having to be in a place where in 30 minutes the place empties? And I'm still talking. And there's nobody here. So thank you, because your lives are changing. That's what John John says. I don't worry about you. You know the truth. That's why we're here. So this is the fourth protection you need to write this morning. Number four, the Bible, the powerful living word of God. John reminds the believers in these churches, they have truth. They know it because John teaches the word of God. By the way, that's what we do here. That's why I ask you to get a Bible. Understand truth never changes. Doesn't matter what culture does. Truth never changes. Now, as a pastor, many pastors in this body, many wonderful elders, let me tell you what our responsibility is. So you can pray for us, because we're just human people. You see, in that discernment, you ought to check out what I'm teaching. The Bereans in Acts 17 checked out what Paul is teaching. You ought to check out what I'm teaching. I'm not perfect. Now, of course, I try. If you notice something, email me. Maybe I said something off the corner. Never in the major things. That won't happen. But just check with it. You need to check. Now, listen to what Paul says. And this is, the, this is the charge I have as a pastor. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just exactly like you. But this is my calling. So you pray for us, all the pastors here. Notice what 
Paul says. Let me read it to you. Second Timothy. And I'll put my name there. Mark, preach the word of God. Be prepared, whether the time is favorable or not. As I said across from those guys that had been in prison, whew, challenged me. They preached the word, whether it was fable or not. You know, that day's probably coming here. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. That's my heart's desire. That's what every pastor's desire is. We're human, but I want to teach you with good teaching. Then he says this, For a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching. They will follow their own desires, and they'll look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth, and they will chase after myths. I want to tell you this morning in all of our campuses, we are living in that time today. There is a great turning away from sound biblical doctrine. People want to be entertained. They want to hear something that agrees with their sinful lifestyle. Churches and pastors are tempted to dilute the Word of God to get crowds. But I want you to understand this key. If we dilute the Word, we have nothing to offer the world. I love you. And I try to be patient and kind. But when we get to teachings like this, I just have to say what truth is. Because I care for you. When I see people leaving and heading off into all these things, not just in this church, when I got over there and saw that that guy, it just challenged my heart. I can't stop that, but I can help you. So that in the end, we end up where we want to end up. Now, notice in that passage it says to patiently correct you. I'm going to do that for a moment. (laughs) I want to show you some keys. Don't write them down. I don't have long, but I'm going to go through them quickly. If you're going to have fruit in your life, notice these statements. You have to have a daily quiet time for yourself in the Word and prayer. If this is the only time you open the Bible here in Melbourne and Vier and Sebastian, if this is the only time you open the Bible, you're starving spiritually. Jesus said it. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth. Get yourself a quiet time. Get started. Lots of things you can do on the website. Number two, you need to be in the church on a regular basis. We don't have church seven nights a week. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I'd be dead. Do you know the average church in America, I don't know what it is today, it's something like this. The average person that goes to church on any kind of a regular basis is about 2.2 to 2.8. About almost every three weeks they go to church. The other two weeks they do something else. I want to say this to you. The Bible says in the last days, don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves. Guys, shape up. So I'll have some other things that come in. Nothing should be more important on a weekend than coming and hearing God's word taught. And be led in worship. We need to worship. We need to worship. And that's a little challenge for some of you that don't even know this church worship. Because you get here at, that was kind. Next, small group. You have to be connected to one another. That's where the safety is. I told you the church that's closed, they've survived because they're connected to one another. And last, you know, I'm, I'm teaching a little bit about Daniel, Revelation next week. And some of you like are into prophecy you're like that. And you got your charts and you got, man, I'm going to bring all my charts next week. And here's the Antichrist. This happened and the bomb comes over here and the hundred pounds. Uh, uh, well, well, this is great. And I want to say to you, welcome, bring your charts, that's cool. But I want to say this, what's the reason for prophecy? It's not for charts, it's for change. 
You have to learn to apply the Word of God. These are principles for you to apply because it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Now, go back to verse 22. Watch what John says. Pretty, pretty bold thing. Who is the liar? <laughs> so now he's going to define a characteristic of one of these antichrists. He's falsely. Not only did they leave the church, they were never really part of it. That's characteristic number. Here's characteristic number two. Who is it? It's the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the antichrist. He denies the father and the son. These false teachers were liars, John says, because they denied that Jesus Christ was divine. They denied that Jesus Christ was the actual Son of God. So I want you to write this down. This is where false teaching is huge. This is a non-compromising truth. You, you, now, a, a couple of our Jehovah Witnesses and, and uh, Mormons and other people like this, they deny this. I'm sorry. Lots of truth, but they deny it, plus many others, obviously. Notice, Antichrist falls. Anyone who denies that Jesus is the divine Son of God. John says, that's a lie. Now, here's what people will say to get around that. When you say, well, what do you really think of Jesus? Well, he, he, he was a great moral man. Another person might say to you, he's a great teacher. What a man. See the birds? Man, what a teacher. And somebody else could say, you know, I look at that a lot in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because he's a great role model for me. All of those things are true. But in the end, these people will say to you, when you ask him, well, is he God? Well, no, he's not God, liar. He is God. All those other things are true, but Jesus is God, and he's the Son of God. That's what defined Antichrist. Here's our last protection for this morning. Believe that God is a Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of these days, maybe even in the fall or later, we'll, we'll do the book of Revelation again. And you'll see in the book of Revelation, there's an unholy trinity, always mimicking what God does. When a person denies, watch me, when a person denies that Jesus is God, what else do they deny? They deny the truths of the Bible. Because Jesus said, the Father and I are one. They deny the truth. So when you deny the truth, you're just open to all kinds of deception. This is one of those uncompromising truths. You can't compromise this. So the Bible teaches as God is a trinity. There's one God in three persons. Now I want you to think about this. If you're a Christ follower this morning, you live in relationship with God. He's your heavenly Father who cares about those small details. Next to God this morning is his resurrected son, Jesus. You know what he's doing there? He's interceding for you and me. We get in trouble like crazy, don't we? How many are glad he's interceding for you this morning? I love grace, amen? Not hyper grace. I need forgiveness. I obey that wonderful prayer Jesus gave us. And then I have God the Holy Spirit in me 24-7. So I have a Father, I've got a Savior, and I've got the Comforter living in me. After I wrote that, I highlighted it in yellow my notes, and I wrote these words. Wow. Would you just say with me this morning, wow. Do you mean it? Wow, that's amazing. I mean, I'm a human, but I'm, I'm connected to God. I have a personal relationship with him. Well, look how John ends it in verse 23. No one, pretty, pretty straightforward, 
No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. And here's what you hear lots of people say. Uh, Are you a believer? Oh, I believe in God. Good. What about Jesus? Oh, I'm not into the Jesus deal. You say, Pastor Mark, they don't do that. Oh, they do that everywhere. Do you know, very often, we used to, not so much anymore, you get called to dedicate buildings and say prayer at the end of this and do all those kind of things. In the old days, they just give you the invite and we just work on our schedule and say, well, could I meet it or not? Good. And love to, love to do it. Love to go and, and, and pray. Now, when we get the invite, you know, we have to go and look at the fine print. Because the fine print will say, here's how you're to close your prayer. You can say God, you can say Ollie, you can whatever. Don't mention Jesus. You need to know no pastor in this church will go to one of those. Am I going to stand before people and say I'm ashamed of Jesus? Not on my dead life. But that's our world. You see, God isn't the issue. Jesus is the issue. It was the same thing 2,000 years ago. It's going to get worse. So John basically says this. You say you have God, but you don't believe in Jesus? He says, impossible. A person cannot have God the Father without having God the Son, and they can't have the Son without having the Father. Remember, Jesus said, the Father and I are one. You can't divide them. So here's the last thing I want you to write. You know it, but here's the truth. John wrote it earlier. A person cannot have a relationship with God without... Jesus. Who said that? How do I know that's true, Pastor Mark? Jesus said it. John wrote it. John 14, 6. I'm the way and the truth and the life. And no person comes to the Father. No person has a relationship with the Father without coming through the Son. So I want you to look at me. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. All our campus, look at me. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? When I said, John wrote, he said, they left us. He wasn't talking about a physical church. He was writing to many churches. He was talking about believers. Have you ever confessed your sins and asked Christ to come and live in your heart? And have you changed? Repentance doesn't mean just being sorry. It means sorry enough to change. There's not only a root, there's fruit. Things are happening in your life. Some of you have never done that. You're a good person. Or some of you walked in for the very first time this morning and go, what is this all about? The Antichrist? But you're empty and you're lonely and you're guilty. And what are you going to do with your sins? Good people won't go to heaven. That's why Jesus came. So I want to pray for you this morning here in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian. I don't want people leaving. This is the most important part. And it's your counselor of the whole service. I want you praying. I want every person that leaves the building today, if they choose, to know when they die where they're going. How can I know that? You can know. John wrote it. I write these things so you may know that you're saved. Pastor Mark told us that we have a responsibility in our own growth as Christians. It's important for us to continue our spiritual growth and have a daily quiet time in God's Word and prayer, talking to God. We must gather with other believers at church and be taught the Word of God. And just as important as church, we must gather together in small groups for encouragement and accountability. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira Campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time on Lessons for Living, we'll learn that the end times can be very scary to learn and read about. But Pastor Mark will remind us that as Christ followers, we don't need to be afraid. God protects us with truth. Yes, we realize that spiritual warfare is real. We don't want to be deceived, but with the spirit of the living God inside of us and the word of God, we're equipped with his truth. We can stand on that and fight the deception of the Antichrist. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of 1 John. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lesson.